Welcome to Medicus, a student-run podcast about any and all things in the world of medicine. Follow along as we interview outstanding individuals about important topics in healthcare. Hi guys, and thanks for tuning in to Medicus. Today we're sitting down to chat with Cody Wakasa, a former professional soccer player who traded in his cleats for a stethoscope and is now a medical student at Loyola Street School of Medicine. But before we get to our interview, I'm excited to announce we have a new member on the Medicus squad joining us. Jackie, can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah, hi, uh, I'm Jackie Tarsitano. I'm an M1 at Loyola. I'm from the beautiful central coast of California, uh, TUC Berkeley, but I've been living in New York City for the last three years. Awesome, really excited to have you part of the team. So now turning to our interview, welcome, Cody. We're really excited to have you join us. Can you introduce yourself to our listeners, maybe just touching on your upbringing and schooling thus far? Sure. Hello, my name is Cody Wakasa. I am a current second year at Loyola. And like Jackie, I'm from California. I'm from San Mateo County, grew up in like a suburban area in Belmont, and then in fourth grade, moved to another suburban area, Hillsborough, and then went to college also in California, in Central California called Cal Poly, and I was there for five years, playing soccer, of course, and then afterwards, decided to keep trying to play soccer, and tried out for five teams, and luckily the fifth team the the coach took a chance on me and I signed my first contract. And then every year after that, I was able to stay with that team, the Phoenix Rising. And I went from their team to their farm team, which is their like minor league team. So I went from the second division to the third division. So I played two years in Phoenix and then two years in Tucson. And all the while, though, still trying to become a doctor and apply to med school. And luckily, Loyola gave me a chance. And then I had with their soccer team and become a full-time student. That's awesome. So what sparked your interest in medicine considering you've committed so much of your life to soccer? I think medicine sparked my interest just early on. Like in eighth grade, I we had this like longitudinal project and at the end you had to give a presentation and you could choose any topic you wanted to. And for whatever reason, I chose schizophrenia. And I think just like being an athlete, like I just have been interested in the body. And I think just science is so attractive and there's so much to learn. I've always had a good balance between soccer and school. And I actually went into college as a business major thinking because both my parents are doctors. My dad is a dentist and my mom is a podiatrist. I was kind of, I didn't want to follow in their footsteps. And I was just that's too traditional. I'm the first born of four. That's the track I'm projected anyways, or at least that's what they're expecting. But then after the first class I got into college, I'm sitting in an econ class. And I'm like, this is not for me. Who am I kidding? I really want to go into medicine. So then I just changed majors to bio. And yeah. Wow. So I had a few friends in college who played on university teams. And it's really all consuming kind of being part of a sports team. How did you prepare to ensure your application had all the necessary components of a typical medical student applicant, considering 
how much of your time was spent playing soccer? Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, I think where I went to school, Cal Poly, they don't have the strongest pre-med culture. So like any student, I feel like you're just trying to figure it out as you go and ask, you know, mentors and advisors at the school. I think another reason why I started out as a business major was because my coaches at Cal Poly were just like, if you're not sure about what major you should choose, business is a good choice just because you could do a lot with it. And it's definitely less time consuming. And of course, biology with labs and just the major in itself is so rigorous. But I decided I wanted to figure it out as I go. And I think talking with peers was really the, the ones that kind of helped me. I had some really close friends um, that really helped me because I was definitely one of those students that struggled in school and just needed some people who had the track and how to really get there and know what needed to be on the to really you know, make your application more well-rounded. So during college, I was able to go on a mission trip down to Mexico and just kind of volunteer my time at like a free clinic. I was able to scribe for just a little bit. And I think just over time, and then after college, I was still trying to like build my resume up. Mm -hmm. Let me add some more volunteering things. Let me do some research. I did my senior project at Cal Poly with another friend kind of bringing me on was like, Hey, you'd want to do some research. I'm like, yes. And it was actually really cool. We were like learning about, we had an Argentinian professor who had a question that why were so many young women experienced in the U S suffering from UTIs. And she thought maybe that the yerba mate teas that they drink as habitually in South America had something to do with it. And so we were studying like yerba mate and its effects on antimicrobial nerves. Yeah. Interesting. That's super interesting. So, you know, from the MCAT to secondaries, the med school application process is notoriously time consuming. And I know from personal experience, really difficult to do while working. How did you balance professional soccer with applying? And do you have any advice for current applicants maybe working or in school? Yeah, um, it was definitely a challenge, like all of us had to go through. The MCAT, I mean, still gives me a little bit of shivers down my neck because that's just a beast of a test and so stressful and probably not the best system, but um, it is what it is. And of course, we all have to figure out how we're going to attack and tackle that beast. And for me, I found like a good routine kind of like now in med school. I mean, like any of us, like we're still just trying to tweak how we can improve our efficiency. And typically I would play soccer in the morning. And I mean, luckily in our sport, you do get tired from running. So we could only practice for so long of the day, but I'd say like the first half of the day was dedicated to my job playing soccer. And then the second half of the day really was studying. After I got home from soccer practice, I would go straight to the library and try to stay there as long as possible. And I definitely, in my mind, was thinking like, wow, if I didn't have soccer, I could be so much more prepared. And But looking back, like it just was that I needed that balance because over the long run, it is all about consistency and putting in the time. But I mean, I did not score very high on my MCAT and it was a very tough test. But you're here. I'm here now and I gave it my best shot and that's all you can ask for. I'll just 
come out and say this too. Some of the most rewarding moments of my career with school. I mean, I like the best of both worlds, like, oh, going to play soccer and study biology in school or like at Cal Poly. It's like, that's like a dream. And then afterwards, I guess during my fourth year playing or third year playing professional soccer, I ended up taking the MCAT the same day that I played a game. I took the MCAT in the morning, Saturday morning. And then that night I actually played against Orlando City B and we ended up tying and I actually scored a goal and they called it offside and it would have been the game winner. But that was just, uh, just like a really full day and we live for that stuff you know when you have a full day and you just feel like you got the most out of life that day so uh, that was really special and then another similar moment um later on I got invited to interview at University of Arizona so I interviewed that day and then later had a game and it, it might have been like one of my last games I want to say so I was captain and gave a little speech and so it was just another full day of really special moments for me That's just incredible. The fact that you were able to have such huge days where you kind of tackled both aspects of your life and did well, you know, accomplished kind of your goals. So speaking to that, what was the hardest part of giving up soccer for medicine? And what was kind of the reaction of your teams and coach when you told them? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, obviously, I think the hardest part was just saying goodbye in a sense, like just closing that chapter. I mean, I was very happy and fulfilled with all the soccer that I was fortunate to play. And I actually would have been very happy and satisfied finishing at a high level playing college. But to play professionally was just a dream come true. So I was just really grateful that I was able to be able to play four years of professional soccer. I mean, not very many people can say that. So I guess, yeah, just saying goodbye to the game, knowing that like, I'm never going to play at this level again. I'm never going to be able to just the lifestyle. That was like the ideal lifestyle for me growing up. Like, oh, you just wake up, play soccer and and you're going to get paid for that. Or just, I don't know. It's just such a healthy way of living where you wake up and you go and be active. And then you are in the sun playing soccer with your friends and your teammates. And then you go home. So that was hard. And I guess the hardest part was saying goodbye to the team, which we had developed a pretty strong bond. It was during COVID. So like all of us, you know, especially like your class, we all have that kind of like camaraderie that we went through it together. So we were at that time preparing. We were in preseason. We were preparing for our seasons, like a 10-month season starting in like April till October. And we were in March, April, like we were just in the midst of preseason with only a couple weeks left until our first game. And then COVID happened and everything got shut down. And so we started just training all on our own. And from those, like those weeks, we just really got close because it was kind of without the coaches. And so I guess saying goodbye to the teammates, um, how did they react? They were very surprised, but from my experience, I mean, what you learn too in the professional environment is it's a job and everyone's there to be the like it's just they want the best for everyone they want people to move up they also like if I leave that means there's a spot up for grabs so it's just kind of more business also oriented where I know players are you know sad that I'm gone but also like okay here's another opportunity to step up 
you know, our captain's leaving. Now someone else can fill the shoes and be more of an integral part of the team. Uh, I love this coach. So I was really bummed that I didn't get the COVID really wiped out our season and I didn't get to play my last season. So I was bummed. Kind of speaking about that, you know, physicians are often in leadership positions as a former FC Tucson captain. Do you think there are similarities between leading a soccer team and being in charge of a medical team? I guess during your second year or so, haven't really been super in the hospital or leading a team, but just even in small groups and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like there are definitely a lot of aspects that are transferable from what I've seen so far. I mean, I guess just like kind of feeling out the environment or just knowing how to work with different people, how they communicate with everyone in the in the room. And I don't know, little things that you can kind of pick up on. And I think first and foremost, being a leader for me is the most important part is walking the walk or just like leading by example. It would be very hypocritical of myself if I came in, you know, barking things and without myself, you know, being the professional that I would want the, my role model to be. So of course, like first and foremost, I would need to be a good leader by just doing my job. And then I guess being on their side, like whoever I'm working with and trying to like get the best out of everyone. Yeah. As of right now, that's what I think could be a good uh, transferable skill. Yeah, I definitely agree that it's important to lead by example. So what are some other transferable skills that you learned on the soccer field that you can apply as a physician? Perhaps your time management skills. Absolutely. Soccer, first and foremost, has internally shaped my character. So yeah, like you're saying, time management was definitely something I learned at a young age. I mean, I would say in high school, it really started because high school was difficult. And a lot of us are also doing so many other things. For me, juggling soccer and school in high school, it was the same thing. And in med school, you know, you just have to be even more tuned in and really do have to manage your time well. It's, I guess, just prioritizing what you do want to spend your time doing. But yeah, I mean, just dedication, work ethic, and just building mental stamina. I think the hardest part about playing soccer or probably any sport professionally is I guess just the mental grind. I think as a student, we get our grades and if our grades aren't good, that's a reflection of our performance. And everything's good when you get a good grade, but if you get a bad grade, it's just really tests you and it's not a good feeling. How are you going to respond? So it's similar in soccer where it's like very results oriented. And also if you're not playing, and if your job was to play soccer and you're you're just sitting on the bench and not really performing, you just feel like you're not contributing, but you are. So it's just a mental like battle that you have to come in with a good attitude every day. And it's very similar to med school where you're going to have bad days, but you have to keep moving and hopefully just supporting your peers. I mean, that's the biggest thing that has helped this year compared to last year, where last year we were all over Zoom and like this year just a world of a difference. The community is, it's just night and day, really, to be able to struggle along with your peers and crazy how they can make this learning environment seem normal, but it's fun. It's much better in person. So, Yeah, I definitely felt for you guys as first years having to have your first kind of med school experience completely online, just because I remember 
my first year, how important it was to kind of like, you know, go in the hallway and kind of rant about your classes and you kind of bond over the fact that everyone's struggling. Whereas like, if you're on zoom, you kind of can feel isolated and like, you feel like you're struggling, but everyone else is not. So it's like a really difficult feeling. So that bonding over a common struggle is so essential in medical school. Oh my gosh. Yes. I felt the same exact way where I was, I mean, in my head last year thinking like, obviously I knew everyone else is struggling too, but you just, yeah, you get in your head because you don't see it. So it's nice to see other people and just kind of be able to rant with them and bond over, just complain together. And that's the exact same thing in sports too. I feel like you always, you're always complaining about something. So I guess that's a common thing to bond about. Yeah. And the other thing that you said that really resonated with me is just the fact that you're going to have bad days and you kind of have to like get up and brush it off. You know, like with medical school, if you get one bad exam, you really can't ruminate on that, right? You just have to keep moving forward, do better next time. And I think you can kind of get in a dangerous situation if you just keep on reflecting back on like your bad day. So yeah, that's super interesting that you say that. Yeah, I feel like I have a great headspace and can take criticism well and test scores well. And I know everyone's different. And of course, once you're in that position, like last year, I didn't pass one of the tests. And I felt, of course, like pretty down on myself for however long, but it's not worth you. You're so much more than a test score, as everyone says. And of course, that's still not easy to be in that position, but you really can't dwell on it. And you just got to somehow use it as motivation. And so, I definitely tried and just thought like, cause you definitely go through waves of like, once you take one test and you know, you have another test coming up and it's like, ah, oh, I don't want to study, but knowing in the back of your head, like, Ooh, but I didn't do well on that last test. Yeah. You, I used that as motivation. Like, okay, maybe that's the competitive mindset of myself, but a lot of my classmates are probably like, you know, okay, I just took this test. I can, you know, relax a little bit, but I was just like, I don't want to fail this next test. So I'm going to use it as motivation, but. We're all figuring it out. So <laughs> Exactly. We're all figuring it out. I used to play soccer, not professionally, obviously, but like I used to play and it just kind of reminds me of like, you know, you have a bad move or you miss a shot or, you know, something like that. And like you obviously want to use that for motivation for the next game or for the rest of the game. It's like long haul, but you can't just ruminate on it like a test result. Like you have to learn from it and keep going. You can't just. Mm-hmm. So you're still really early on in your medical education, but are there any specialties you're particularly interested in? Yeah, for some reason, I've sort of leaned towards ENT. I think I've just had some experiences, a lot of experiences that have kind of just been about ENT. The mission trip in college, I was kind of shadowing an ENT and I liked who he was and kind of the procedures and surgeries he was doing. My mom got parotid gland cancer in 2017. She's healthy now, so everything is good. So that was a scare, and that plays a factor into why I'm I'm interested in that specialty. My dad's a dentist, so it's kind of in the vicinity. But I'm trying to stay open-minded because I really haven't shadowed too many other fields. So, Sure. Yeah, and for those who don't know, ENT is ear, nose, and throat, so it's a surgical specialty. Definitely keeping your mind open. I think third year can kind of 
remind you that maybe you didn't know exactly what you thought you knew about specialties and guide you in a completely different direction sometimes. But there are people who, you know, enter with a certain specialty in mind and and leave with that certain specialty in mind. So I'll be interested to hear kind of your thoughts about how third year goes next year. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, every time I step into the hospital setting, I swear I'm learning something new that just changes my perspective of things. So it is exciting. Yeah, definitely. So do you see yourself getting back out in the field ever again? I mean, of course, of course. I luckily did not burn out from the sport. I still love it. I've yet to play in Chicago since I retired, just also because I think I've been playing since very, very young. So I thought maybe this is maybe a good time to, you know, definitely take a step back. This whole identity shift has been a transition for me. And I also want to see who I am and learn what else do I like? Um, Because my whole life I've just been, you know, labeled as a soccer player. So, well, there's typically an M1, M2 powder puff game. I think that's what they call it. It's like flag football, but maybe you can start a similar thing for soccer and kind of interclass competition. I bet the M2s would be glad to have you on their team. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be really fun. I know there's some soccer players in our class and Jackie used to play. So maybe we could spearhead this event. That'd be fun. I'm definitely down. So as a non-traditional student who didn't engage in the most, you know, typical gap year activities, do you have any advice for non-traditional applicants who aren't scribing EMTing or doing research? Yeah, I mean, I guess it really does depend on everyone's situation. So kind of, I can't really give out advice. And from my personal experience, I tried to do it all as like, I did scribe a little bit and I did do a little bit of research, but nothing compared to like probably most other applicants. Hearing advice from so many different people and now looking back, it's so easy to be hard on yourself like oh I don't have this and I don't have that don't get me wrong that's exactly where my head was at too like there's no way I'm going to be a qualified candidate and of course it's like well no you have this soccer thing going for you so that you're a very unique candidate but of course in your mind you're like oh you you compare yourself to other people and you're like oh I have very little research experience very little EMT or scribing experience and even now (laughs) it's the same thing I'm like well I don't have any research experience but I think advice would be to, you know, try to make yourself as well-rounded as possible just so that you have experiences and you can say that you did do it so that you can connect with people. I I think being in the scribing environment was so helpful, such a high learning curve and it's very, it seems so hands-on. And then with research, it's just a great way to learn too. So my advice would be to try to, if you can incorporate that into your schedule, try to just see if you like it. So that you can at least say you tried the experience. Yeah, I uh, sit on the executive admissions committee at Stritch, actually. So that's really good advice that I would also give. Oh, good. <laughs> so Thank you. I don't know. Um, I think it's important, yes, to to kind of 
think about what you enjoy and pursue that. But also, like you said, just try different experiences. You don't have to love research in order to go to medical school, but you should have tried it. And kind of the same thing with other types of, you know, activities, but definitely pursue what you love and find time for those things in your schedule. So it was awesome to have you on today, Cody. Thank you for joining us. Where can our listeners go to support you and follow your journey? I am not very active on the social media, but you may follow me. My name is Cody Wakasa on Instagram. I would like to shout out some of my brother's social media handles because they're in a little different space than I am, and they do utilize social media. My brother, he's an aspiring artist. Our last name was Wakasa. And he kind of put a spin on it. And his artist name is Wakasi. All right. Um, maybe maybe I'll send you the name. And then my brother is an aspiring YouTuber. Oh, um, cool. His name's Kelly Wakasa. And he's going to be big time. So Awesome. I, I'm excited to see where he goes. Yeah. We got to follow him while they're getting started before they become oh, yeah. huge, you know, hot shots. Awesome. Exactly. Well, Rasa, Jackie, thanks for having me. This was so much fun. So. Thank you, Cody. Pleasure to have you. Thanks for listening to this episode. This wouldn't be possible without the support from our listeners. Please rate, review, and subscribe. We appreciate donations to help fund the production of this podcast. To support us, go to medicuspodcast.com, where you can additionally find show notes, links, and information about our guests. We are at Medicus Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you have any questions, comments, or episode suggestions, please submit them on our website. This podcast is intended for general information purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine. No patient-doctor relation is formed, and the content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Views and opinions are their own and do not represent any organization.